just chatting. It was it was doing a little bit of the wobble. Yeah, why? And I thought it was me. I took a Dramamine uh, and I, I hung in there, but no, it's fine. I gotta figure that out. That's fine. Just don't pound on your desk. That's all. It's so passionate, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just lose your shit. I, I mean, it happens. This is that. This is that kind of show, Kyle. HR man, fuck. Or wait, are we live? <laughs> I can't wait to say that. <laughs> so, so I um, can I ask about? I know we just went live and it kicked on. Can I ask about the gift you were just talking about, or is it is it a secret? The Which gift? For my design, husband. The designed. Oh uh, no, that's not a secret at I all. I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to spoil it. Yeah, no, he knows. So, are you are you designing it to put this in your house, or is this? Yeah, yeah, no, I already did design it. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, cool. wow. oh, I got it. Yep, that looks lovely. Yeah. And putting in a couple of uh, wine yeah. fridges underneath there for all the stuff that needs to stay at a certain temp. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, little pro tip, I mean, because the counters are absolutely gorgeous. We got them out of the scraps of uh, a counter place. They, you know, you buy the whole slab for custom counters. The, you don't use the whole slab. We got it for $20 a foot. So I think it was like $250, $300 for those stone. It was awesome. That's, oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, are you going to do a fast forward TikTok style video of uh, how I built a 500 capacity wine? No. I did not build that. Let's be clear. I just. <laughs> I just designed it on my, I, it's a pretty cool little piece of software. Um, just designed it on my tablet. Oh, and then I pointed at it because I, my, I have a bunch, there are a bunch of carpenters and handy people in um, Brian's family. And so I was like, this is what I want. See, can you do this? I think that that works out quite. There is a skill in that too, though. Hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a skill in that. It was closing a gap. Brian doesn't conceptualize well. He needs to see. To respond so i also was helping him to see what i was doing for him huh. well yeah that makes sense it's a good it's a good partnership it's good teamwork and it, it also it's really cool i'll if you guys are into it i mean you're doing projects at your place uh in bastrop chris like it it'll do a 3d render too so you'll you'll lay it out in the cad and then it'll actually do a render that um so you can look at it from multiple angles multiple sides and take pictures of the model and then it renders it in, in uh, 3d and like a looks looks like almost a picture oh that is pretty cool all right. mm -hmm. I went to container store to get uh, some. Uh, I'm I'm turning a bedroom into a walk-in closet. Oh, cool! And and they did exactly that for his they, hat. It's for all of his hats. I was just about to ask, like for your dresses, for your shoes, like what are we? Your fur? What are we putting in this closet? It's one part that might be my, you know, Burning Man um, uh, dresses, but other than that, you know, uh, it's hats. Never got Jerry an address, a muumu and a tutu, but I don't. Oh, that's not true. The Lucy dress. That's not true. I was, I, right. I, I supported tutu Tuesdays. <laughs> Why would you call that's a tutu so address? I just don't know. I'm like afraid I, I to go thought to Burning I was pretty, Man. Pretty good looking too. I, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I would come back from Burning Man's. Well, I don't. I don't know. How, um, I don't know how much longer we'll last. It's three o'clock on a Friday, and and we're live streaming. But uh, we do actually have a topic at hand. So, are we are we ready to kind of jump into that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go.
Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right. If it's your first time joining us, I'm Chris White. I'm the president of Career Crossroads. This is the Recruiting Community Podcast, uh, where uh, we invite folks from within the space to talk about stuff that's top of mind. Uh, it is not usually wine cellars and construction, uh, but <laughs> you just you never know what you're going to get on here. Uh, if you are joining us live, we'd encourage you to jump into the chat uh, stream. Uh, that That is, I believe, uh, going to be found on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube directly, but we are also streaming to Twitter and a couple of other places. So you can check those out as well. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Career Crossroads, you can just head to cxr.works. With that, I'm going to go ahead and invite my partner in crime in. Jerry, how are you today? Pleasant good afternoon to you. And it end is, of Friday. Thank it you. is indeed a pleasant. I don't know why we don't have wine already. I don't. Oh, that's oh man! I meant to. I'm sorry. It hurt. My lazy ass hadn't gotten out of this chair in the last three hours. That so could short. That could shorten this podcast considerably, or lengthen it, or lengthen <laughs> it. So we got we got a wonderful guest today. I think first time on the show. We've known this dude for a while. Let's go ahead and bring him in from the green room. Kyle, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm real good. This is my last call on for, of the week. I am excited. Yeah. See, there's no excuse for us not to have any wine or, or something like that. We should have planned. Well, I mean, if I start now, I don't I don't think I'll end early. It'll yeah, it'll be a late night. We'll leave it streaming as we as we put our heads on the table. Look, Kyle, for, before we jump in, uh, for mm -hmm. those who may not know who you are, I'm going to give you a chance to give a little bit of uh, an escalator pitch as to who mm -hmm. is Kyle over at Aptitude Research. Where where did you come from? What do you do? And, and why should we care what you have to say today? Well, I don't know if you should, but um, it'll be. I'll leave it for them to decide. But I'm Kyle Lagunas. I'm the head of research at, uh, or head of uh, strategy at Aptitude Research, and um, my job is to sit at the intersection of innovation and adoption and implementation to help uh, vendors create more value-add solutions for HR and talent professionals, talent leaders. And then on the other side, help those um, talent and HR organizations utilize these things, navigate uh, innovation cycles. Um, I've been doing research in the space for about uh, 12 years. I'm not the young spring chicken I used to be, um, but I've had a lot of fun along along the way. I love it. I love it. Well, we're glad you joined us. Exciting stuff. Um, we, uh, just a reminder for anybody who may dialed in, uh, we have the live chat stream running. So if you want to say hello, like Joe just did, uh, howdy Joe out in Florida. Uh, if you want to chime in there, you can also throw in your LinkedIn profile if you want to network with each other. But we'll go ahead and throw you up on the screen. Let's do it for Joe since he's the first one. There we go. Where's our reaction for that? Nothing. <laughs> so, feel free to join the conversation. We'll throw those questions up uh, and take part in that. So. So Kyle, the, re the reason that you're on, you're working on some new research uh, that we thought sounded kind of interesting and that we thought some folks would, would get a real kick out of. Do you want to share kind of a little bit about what's going on at, over at Aptitude Research? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we just released this research report called the, the New Wave of HR Transformation, and it is all about the state of um, automation in our space. 
Um, automation is, I think, something that we have been utilizing, whether we knew it or not, for um, I'd say better part of better part of a decade at least. Okay. Um, but we are entering this new stage where we're in an early majority. So it's not just people running uh, at, at the very forefront being pioneers. Um, this is actually the, the majority of organizations, 76% of the 300 HR organizations we surveyed are utilizing in some shape or fashion, um, which is good. But then the question we have is like, well, what are they really getting out of it? Um, and um, we, we found that 60% of companies had increased their investment in automation tech last year, specifically in HR. Uh, and we also found that 62% of CIOs said that it was um, HR automation projects were equal to or more important than any other in the enterprise. Um, and the number one driver is improving employee experience. It was like something like 42% of people said that uh, that was their, the number one thing they're trying to improve with automation. Mm -hmm. But only 3% of the companies we surveyed ranked it as one of the top outputs of their efforts like they only three percent said they got um lift in employee experience so far so it's like we've got budget for these things we've got buy-in for these things the it org is aligned behind these things and hr is maybe gonna shit the bed lagging i think lagging was the term i would have picked well they're struggling yeah they're struggling and, and um i Look, I mean, Chris, you've implemented some really innovative programs in, in your career. Jerry, you've been alongside folks doing the same thing, advising for a long time. I think we all know we've given HR and talent leaders have not needed to be the foremost technical expert mm -hmm. to in order to, to implement new ways of working, better ways of, of working. So with something like automation, this is where it gets different. If your champion for the project doesn't understand what these technologies are or how they work, at least at a functional level, then how can they actually design solutions that are going to give the lift to the programs they're trying to impact? If you say you want to improve employee experience, there's extremely like that's a big term, right? There's there's a lot that goes into employee experience. If you don't know specifically the pain points that you're trying to solve for then you're just buying more stuff. And that's something we've done in the past. It seems to me though, Kyle, and I, I really like your opinion on it, that one of the, and I, I don't want to call it a workaround, but to some degree it is, is to reorganize that I see HR and talent acquisition leaders reorganizing the folks who work for them to incorporate um, expertise within that framework. So, mm. Uh, head of uh, TA or HR operations, for example, mm. tends to be somebody who is uh, pretty knowledgeable relative to some of the tech issues that they have to deal with. But that's not everybody. Um, and and but it's I think it's one of the issues uh, that need to need to grow a little bit. Well, I'll add to that before before you start, Kyle. Jerry, are you talking more about a right? Are you talking more about a sort of a liaison in the IT group, or are we thinking about somebody who actually is housed within HR? I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of liaison uh, uh, of being the um, being in a function and and depending upon another function, IT, yeah. to uh, to prioritize my needs. Uh, because then I have to bribe them. I have to do an awful lot of other kinds of things in order to get mm -hmm. the work done. And, and I've been there, done that. 
But yeah, exactly. but I do want I do want someone who is knowledgeable enough and respected enough by their IT counterpart that fundamentally they can work with them to ensure that we aren't deprioritized, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, that's exactly it, Jerry. It's look, if in the past you were going to, to evaluate a new system, like let's just say applicant tracking system, we, we, we all use them now. I, your IT partner is going to evaluate your processes and your requirements, which is a technical process, to identify what functionality and features do you need? What system capabilities do you need um, on the technology side? And then they're going to go and get those for you. But the IT partner only has one facet of expertise, which is the technology. If they don't understand your processes, if they don't understand your priorities, if they don't understand the nuances of your work, why it's challenging or why, you know, um, they're not going to be looking at those requirements and saying, hmm, could we optimize this process instead of just automating it how it currently is? You know, they'll, they, they, they won't be able to solution direct, like really, you know, mm-hmm. they won't be able to consult. And that's where the gap is. I, th- I think the other challenge of relying too heavily on IT, I mean, they should be there helping you, but um, they should be deep domain experts in AI and automation. Um, you should be you should be literate enough, first enough to tell them yes or no. That's what I'm saying, or that's not what I'm saying. Because um, otherwise, they're going to do their best effort to design something for you. And you all know the amount of effort that goes into implementation right. and change management. If it's not working the way that you expected it to, but it's working the way they designed it to, that project's not going to be successful. You know, you're going to lose a lot of credibility because at Go Live, people expect it to work. And um, yeah. it's not well, always working. Fine. I think we've all seen careers shift or, or, or change or employment change at, at the end of projects like that because of the yeah. amount of trust that is lost. If for no yeah. other reason, right? The trust is lost if, if, the, if the execution is not on point. Yeah. Just, just a level set, Kyle, when, when we're talking in the research that you guys have done, when you're talking about automation in this world, mm-hmm. like, can we level set on what, on what that means? Oh, I love you for asking because people think that automation and AI are synonymous. Um, They're not, you know, so um, automation for me is taking repeatable tasks and using technology to do it with a computer. Automation could be something as simple as having knockout questions in the apply process. Someone gives you an answer that doesn't qualify them, then they get an automatic rejection. Mm -hmm. Intelligent automation would be marking them as rejected or not qualified and then having a delayed response to give the experience to them that somebody still looked at their resume and decided they were not qualified. Uh, So now I didn't get disqualified within 10 seconds of applying. Nobody even looked at my resume. Right. And so in that example, there are two, there are two things. You can either write what's called an automation recipe. If this happens, then that, and you can say, all right, if they don't give me the answer response I want, then I'm going to wait for 12 hours and then I will send an, a rejection uh, uh, response. If you have intelligent automation providers in your CRM or your ATS, they might already be able to infer like, hey, this is this was an hourly job. It should be automatically given them a response. You need to give people responses quickly. This is a senior level role. This one should be eight hours or more just to give them that better sense. So um, automation is literally just moving a workflow automatically. 
um, in intelligence, the AI part of it is in making inferences um, and augmenting what you would have designed directly yourself. Okay. And those are pretty baseline automations. Yes. Those are yeah. pretty baseline automations. And I, and I think that's like, if you sat down with an, any HR leader and started to talk about it this way, I think they would like, no, no one has these, these jobs are really complicated to be an HR talent leader today, right? Like they have to be intelligent enough to be like, oh, okay, that makes a ton of sense. That sounds super simple. I think the challenge that we're having is on the vendor per, uh, uh, community side, there's a lot of very aspirational selling and in big dreams and big transformations, you know, and like all this wild innovation that uh -huh. is going to sell bit well to VCs. And so for HR and talent leaders, they're like, hey, this sounds real cute, but I just need a CRM or I just need an ATS. You know what I mean? So they're they're going to check out a little bit and be like, all right, well, it sounds like you've got a little magic wand. You're going to wait for me to get me that stuff. That sounds great. So just throw that into whatever my licensing fee is for the core system. They don't understand that in order to get that lift out of the solution that they're being sold, mm -hmm. they have to work closely with the vendor to design those solutions. Like well, automate, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like, well, I have transformation now, but you don't, you have a system that can support a lot more lift if you take the time to design that solution. Well, I, that does make sense, but it also, it's not what we typically, I hate to say typically, but it's just not what we typically see a lot of leaders sometimes get stuck doing and that's getting mm -hmm. technology before they necessarily even understand what problems they're solving for. Right. Or just getting tech for oh, tech. Oh, oh, absolutely. But all right. Again, you've sat in the seat and Jerry, you know, you have to think about how much bandwidth you have as a talent leader, HR leader. You, mm -hmm. you do not have all day, every day to think about what would be an ideal, like what is the biggest problem I'm going to solve for? Well, your biggest problems are super complicated. Right. So you're like, well, maybe I'll come to this. Like, I'm not quite sure exactly what I need out of a CRM, but I know that just philosophically what it should be doing for me. So I'm going to buy it. I'm going to take a field of dreams approach. I'm going to buy it. And then the best practices will come. So I'm, I'm and, going to transform for transformation's okay. sake, but, but yeah. not, not actually wrapping my head around. I mean, I, I honestly see that's that was one of the biggest drivers of automation. Coming back to automation specifically, that was mm -hmm. one of the biggest drivers of automation over the last several years is the CHRO's agenda is aligning to CIO, CTOs. We need to automate as much as we can to get as much cost savings as we can not just like reducing headcount, but not continue to grow headcount as we scale our operations. We need automation because it's more cost effective and it helps us to be more agile. But CHROs don't know what that, like at the functional level in each of their departments, that means. So you see everybody running out to get a chat bot and they don't know that conversational AI could be applied in dozens of ways, you know, mm -hmm. and um, in, can be done well and can, why is my camera still shaking again? Really sorry. There's, an earthquake. There's an earthquake where you are. <laughs> I told you, I just get so fired up. But so you, you, you did, you, you would see in RFPs like chatbot, like just as a line item, we need a chatbot for our career site and then not articulating. Well, do you want that chatbot to actually be screening candidates? Do you want it to be like hosting the apply process through chat? Do you want it to be SMS based chat? You know, like, People are like, I don't know. So yeah, but the the first and and primary issue is is deconstructing the processes of workflow, so that you can identify those issues that are repetitive. Identify yeah. those issues that 
that fundamentally no longer are relevant because they're 19th century approaches to how we say no to someone yeah. versus the way in which we should be doing it if we had the resources that are at our fingertips. Exactly. And so fundamentally what I see is most corporations not having done that, not really having thought through the process they want, um, end up getting the tool. And then when that tool gets configured, they go, oh, I don't think we're ready for that. Just don't turn that feature off for now. Sits in the closet. And then, and then by the time they're finished with all of that, they've forgotten the stuff they've got on and off and the thing sucks. And, yeah, the, right. and the, you know, the recruiters are bitching about this, this ATS or this CRM or this application for market research or market recruiting, recruitment marketing is, isn't working really well. And part right. of it is the fundamental problem was no one really sat down with the group and then mapped on a, on a board old style, however you want to do it what what we do and what we really need to change with the help of those tools. Yeah, let me, let me call this out real, real quickly. So, so Joe Chibega, Joe, we're glad you're still hanging out with us on a Friday. He's probably got a beer open. I have found <laughs> that the effort to implement and maintain automated technologies is often underestimated. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is because Jerry's, it, it actually aligns perfectly what Jerry's saying. It's not just buying and implementing a piece of tech. It is an exercise in optimizing processes. You know, if it, the, so the reason why we titled this research the next wave of HR auto, of transformation is because the last great wave was the move to cloud. And we thought moving to cloud was going to be great. We could, we could get more um, like best of breed solution. We could build our own stacks. It could be, you know, we get end-to-end -end reporting. Everything be integrated, da-da-da-da. Well, all we really did was just move everything we had into a new, um, like, uh, uh, it's the cloud. Everything's like in the cloud, new, like new architecture, <laughs> you know, and it's like, all right, well, here we are in the cloud, but like, what did we actually solve for? And not, not a whole lot. And that's because Ooh. the move to cloud was extremely complicated and took a lot of lift and alignment. Imagine then trying to go through and, and prioritize which processes you optimize and then getting all the buy-in for it. We can't even agree on what quality of hire is, right? Well, you've got, well, okay, so you raise a really good point there. So I guess in the research that you've done, you have to see a couple of buckets mm -hmm. sort of floating at the top of reasons why TA leaders are moving or HR yeah, leaders are moving in that direction. Yep, yep there's a few things. Um, the first is HR... It, and just in spirit, you know, in our function, we have a part of our job has been to protect the business. And so there is just an innate risk aversion in the HR organization. And so I think that any lack of a lot of the I think the big gaps is like just fear factor for, oh, how do we not introduce bias into this process? And it's like, well, yeah. automating like simple something as simple as interview scheduling doesn't really bring in bias you know so that's safe um identifying the use cases that are low risk requires you to identify that there are levels of risk but hr tends to be just like not managing risk but de-risking altogether i think that the other half is we want to be experts we have limited credibility in the business right we don't want to acknowledge that we have potentially major knowledge gaps and so I think that leaning into those gaps, like connecting with informed subject matter experts, building partnerships with IT is really helpful and not just 
you know, operating with, we, we, we got to close this, this knowledge gap essentially. So I think those are two like just fundamental things that will be different. Um, and I think it's also being able to partner with vendors, trusting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of folks, we, we keep our, our vendor partnerships at arm's length, but in this, in this, we're not, because we're not just buying a piece of technology, we do need best practice. We do need that consultative approach. You either need to engage in the pro services that your vendor offers or find a consultant that, that has expertise here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need to, you need to have that partnership. But if you don't have the skills in-house um, or you don't have the capacity to, like, I don't want to just say it's a skills gap. If you don't have capacity. You're going to need to augment that project because it's, it's really critical. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think we are seeing some organizations who get that uh, almost mm. on that, that consulting arm where they're breaking yeah. out of what they have traditionally provided and sort of sort of spreading uh, the breadth of, of what services they do offer, consultative or breaking it up and al- almost widgetizing every element within mm. at least the talent acquisition side. I can't speak for the mm. HR side, but the talent acquisition, all of the processes or maybe managing elements of the recruitment or just or just RPOing one one function, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think we're seeing more flexibility come out of the market. Kyle, I, I really want to ask you, though, let's assume that that we do it well, that people, you know, think through their processes, they um, they try to identify the right pieces for their tech stack that uh, would complement where they want to go with those processes, and now they implement them. What what would we see as an outcome that we should be measuring? And and when I think about that, I think about you know cost, quality, you know, and time. And it sure. seems to, it seems to me over time, just because I'm old, that <laughs> that a lot of those numbers haven't changed a hell of a lot over a relatively long time when we've yeah. improved the technology and yet it till, still takes 60 days to get somebody in. So it seems to me there's something else missing in the decision processes that has not been addressed by the way the corporation operates. So I, it's an excellent question. A couple of things. I think that with the use cases that we are exploring in HR automation, talent acquisition automation, we should be focusing on fundamental gaps, which are oftentimes just work sheer workload. I mean, looking at the volume and pace of hiring over the last two years, it has been absolutely insane. In healthcare, it is still absolutely insane. And a lot of it is just processing applicants and candidates. And so um, I think if you look at just helping to close some of that gap um, to augment your existing recruiting workforce, um, you know, reducing those repeatable tasks like resume review. People are terrified of, of um, uh, candidate scoring. It's, it's actually doing what your recruiter should be doing, but it's doing it in an audible and discoverable way to make sure that they're doing it well, like using the, the right data at scale. And so just with something like candidate scoring, you're prioritizing an, an app, a, a, a recruiter's inbox. And so they're not going to just keep scrolling, 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 scrolling. They're going to start with the ones that are the most obvious fit is what I always call it. Not the best fit, but like obvious fit candidates, which is what a recruiter would be doing anyway. They're not looking for that diamond in the rough, trying to get a slate as quickly as possible and get it out the door. 
same thing with interview scheduling. Do you know, like, that's one thing that, that they hate. They're not a hiring manager's personal assistant going back and forth, trying to find the best time for them and holding time, several time blocks on their calendar and then waiting, like then having to do it again because the hiring manager didn't like hold them themselves. You know, like that's the, that's fundamental stuff that slows us down and has an impact on candidate experience and recruiter productivity. Those are two like really simple use cases that have a lot of just innate value. You don't need a ton of adoption and training to get lift out of those use cases, which is why I think that's where you see people making investments in those ways. Great. Yeah. And then the outcome, Jerry, is not necessarily reducing headcount in recruiting or coordinator teams. It's just having recruiting and coordinator teams that aren't working 60 hours every week, which what a novel right. idea. They're not, so they're not burning out. So the retention should mm -hmm. be better. And their quality their, performance will be higher quality. The, the perception of candidates uh, should be higher because <clears throat> because they've gotten the attention they needed, exactly. not only coming in but also when they're not going forward, et cetera, et cetera. So, I do think there's measurable outcomes uh, that we could, we should and we should always be looking for. Yeah. yeah. Well, look. So, Kyle, let me um, let me give you one more uh, opportunity. I've got a, another question for you, but before I ask you. Let me give you another opportunity to talk a little bit about the new wave of HR transformation report at Aptitude. Uh, do you want to talk just for a second about that? I'll put a link in the chat if anybody wants to go grab that. It's a it's a free download. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is go. one that um, is this is definitely future focused, um, but it is around this new model of of automation and AI that is emerging in the IT side. Mm -hmm. And it's being evaluated and utilized across the enterprise and other use cases, which is um, orchestration. So essentially, it is utilizing automation and machine learning across platforms, solve for multiple problems at the same time. If you open a rack, you have, you know, all of those workflows of like getting rec approval and then get calibrating with the hiring manager to get candidates that they're going to like. And then you start sourcing and start emailing people with something like orchestration, a requisition is created and all of that work starts instantly because it know a system, an orchestration system knows those things are going to happen anyway. Historically, these are the candidates that, that, this, that fit this profile. It's mm -hmm. going to start saving time for you. And you also don't have to program all of those recipes. That is just algorithmic problem solving. So we're seeing this in call centers. We're seeing this in manufacturing and IT is evaluating it. But what we found in the research was that those companies who are lower in maturity for their um, automation approach, automation strategies in HR, their IT leaders were something like 40% less likely to even consider orchestration investments in HR and TA now. And I think orchestration is going to be a huge uh, uh, accelerator of innovation here. And for the companies, the uh, HR teams are, are falling behind. That's the big risk factor. It's not necessarily that your projects, your automation projects not going to be like successful out of the gate. You can always iterate. It's more so that you are going to begin losing credibility with your primary technology partner, which is IT. Mm -hmm. And so this model, I think we're probably about five years before we see it coming into that early majority uh, um, stage, but it's already happening elsewhere in the enterprise. And that's something that we fail to look at in a lot of our tech analysis is just focusing in work tech HR. This is something that's emerging in other, in other markets. And I think it's something that could be a huge benefit for us that we need to be ready for.
I love it. All right. And, and for those who are just on the audio and maybe not, not watch on video, it's um, it's aptituderesearch.com. It's, exa it's exactly how it sounds. Uh, there's a research report section so you can find that in their new wave of HR transformation. Kyle, I, lo I love your outlook on that. Let, let me ask you now, if, if you were going to write a book, your own book on this topic that you're so passionate about, what would the title of that book be today? Hmm. God, I don't. I don't know. Um, something, something, <laughs> something, something realness, honestly, because I think I, I don't think it's doom and gloom. I think it's all about getting real. Like, what are the, the real gaps in the in the HR talent acquisition organization? Mm -hmm. But some of them are not like my if I were a practitioner leader, they're not my gaps. They're things that I'm going to have to overcome. So maybe it's just automation realness. You know, it's like acknowledging you need to build better inroads with compliance and data security going like beforehand because they're going to have all kinds of questions. It's building relationships with IT beforehand because they're going to otherwise try and push you around. It's knowing who's doing actually what in the market. So you, when you go to our, build an RFP, you're going to get what you need from the market. So probably something like that. Autom automation. It'll be sexy. It'll be sexual. It'll be funny. It'll be intensely insightful. And it will have my headshot like really close up on the on the like front cover, like this. super super. <laughs> I'm having like a Just Jack flashback. Does anybody remember that guy? Oh, oh man! If only guy. I had as much ego as Jack. Oh my gosh! All right, so who, Kyle? Who gets uh, who gets the first copy of it? You're not allowed to say uh, Jerry or Chris. My mom, duh. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. She'll put it up on her fridge and she's like, my son wrote this. I don't know why she's an old lady all of a sudden, but. Well, she's got a hell of a magnet or it's not a very big book if it's going up on the fridge. Actually, I have a picture of her up here somewhere. Yeah, she's over here. All right. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us, man. We know, you're, you know your time is precious and we're super grateful that you made it here. It was so fun. Anytime. I'm happy to join the conversation. Thanks for having me. Good to see you too. All right. I'm going to put you both in the green room. Don't go anywhere. Hang out. I just want to remind everybody CXR.works slash events. You're going to see what's going on. We're back. Live events are coming up. They kick off in March. We're going to see you in person. We're on the road. We'll also be at a couple of conferences. Uh, and then, of course, I want to remind everybody, we launched it last week. Uh, if you enrolled in our new learning series, CXR.works slash learning, if you enrolled in that last week when it was open to everybody, you can still go in. It's not necessarily open to anybody to newly enroll, but you can go in if you had already enrolled and you can finish that work up. Uh, and I guess we'll just see you when we see you next time. We're doing it live. We'll see you Tuesday is our is our actually mixed live podcast. So we'll see you then. And uh, I think we got another surprise podcast coming up in a few weeks. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.